It is April 7th, 2021. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. Oh, I had a good one tonight. Oh, yeah. Dan's spilling. Remember your first cork pop, Kevin? When I was twelve. Whoa! Just kidding. No. No, he's not. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Wednesday evening. I am Tim Herb, as always. I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Mr. Kevin Bradley and Mr. Dan James. Hello. Cheers, man. Cheers. What are you guys sipping on tonight? I have a Old Elk single barrel. Nice. Sipping on the old Casamigos. What is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me about getting into Tequilas. getting into that. Yeah, loving tequilas. it. Loving it. Oh, yeah. Loving life. Loving tequila. Yeah, I've got myself a, a fine um, English breakfast tea. Oh, that's right. Yeah, going white, and I did a little creamer in there because why not? And then I got my uh, my trusty Kroger Mandarin Orange spicy water. What kind of what kind of creamer did you go with? Like hazelnut or yep. some actually, pumpkin yeah. spice? Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you guys hear me all right? Uh, I think Brian was saying I'm kind of quiet. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a little quiet. It's it's better now. Kevin's okay. extraordinarily loud. I've heard that my entire life. It's so. just hopefully that's better. I don't know. I haven't. I put put away my uh, focus right the other day, and I don't know if I messed around with the settings or not. Is that better? Yeah, and Dan's muted because he's working with the new sound dampening equipment he has uh, installed at his house. For those watching, <laughs> <laughs> Dan is yeah. recording live from his laundry room, which is really, that is really right. unique. This is how it's I dry all better. my clothes. <laughs> huh. I don't know why. Now I'm gonna. Am fix I muted? It. I'm gonna fix it, guys. Oh, Tinker and Tim, there we go. Tinker and Tim, is that that's better? That's got to be better. It looks better on the on the audio readings. This I hate not doing this in person with the actual mixer. Yeah, no kidding. Sounds good. anyway. Think- so, I, so I think uh, we can start off with what's everyone's mind is. Uh, what Pokemon have you been catching today? <laughs> is what what? <laughs> What Pokemon we've caught today. I actually haven't booted up Pokemon Go today. It was raid day. Yeah. Wow. So you rage quit. That's what the kids say, right? They rage quit. No. No. Yeah, that's true. No Machop last night. No Machop last night. No Machop. No Machop. Um, Guys, we can't just dive into the game. I got to introduce and like thank everybody for joining and do all that jazz. Like we're not a podcast without the people. Right? Well, Am I wrong? We didn't dive that's into it. anything. Uh, you Dan know we got to spend. Well, yeah, that's because Dan doesn't get it. He's he's got to come with notes and uh, a lecture prepared. He doesn't get the vibe. 
You gotta, you gotta give him a break, man. Yeah. He doesn't realize it's a mood or it's a vibe, as the kids exactly. say these days. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, we got well, the regulars: Brian, Elliot, Beaven, Richard, Gordon, Kevin, Escobar. We got Dirty Bird person. Haven't seen him in there from forever. Alex Passine. I don't even know if I'm saying your name right, Alex. I apologize. Uh, Bill Holcomb, the innovator of the the Bell Holcomb icon, and then uh, Brittany S. We got a uh, and and Haletto Giletto. Anyway. Uh, Bill says, wait, I thought this podcast died. What the hell is this? No, you just haven't tuned in in a few weeks. We never die. We just keep coming back. Yeah. Keep coming back. Yeah. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. (laughs) That's what we should should have um, towards the, you know, the the whole threat about us being dead. We should have responded with that gif. Always, always. No, forever, anyway. forever Kane gifts for uh, referencing Guzan, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty great. The fact that that guy's a mayor of a town now is insane to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right, Dan, do your thing. I got to go. <laughs> All right. Well, I was... I got my uh, Pikachu and involved him into a Bulbasaur. <laughs> Uh, and then Bulbasaur obviously evolved into Charizard. And then we went on some raids together. Um, and I got a yellow Pokeball. And then um, started playing Digimon. What, you got a you got a Game Shark or something, Dan? What are you doing over there? You're going to corrupt, your, you're gonna corrupt didn't, that save file. They didn't get a full <laughs> release in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. He can he, imagine. That was he got Pokemon Green. That was the one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. He got the one. Like, every time I go um, through the video game aisle, there's like four new versions of Pokemon. I don't understand it at all. They're all amazing. Yeah, they're all amazing. As is Gabriel Heinze. Yep. Cool. Right. So, ready chat- ready to anoint him. Ready to anoint him? No, he still hasn't won an MLS game. Heinze out. Yeah. You're going to crown, crown his ass. Heinze out. No. No. <laughs> no, it was... Um, He's still untested. Gosh. Hasn't even won a real game yet. <laughs> so, I think... Are you Kevin talking about are... Heinze or are you talking about uh, Rios Novo? Heinze. Okay. Yeah. Kevin and I were talking last night about how it was the first time in a while we had legitimately been a little nervous, a little uh, a little giddy, a little uh, amped up for one of these games. It felt like last season it kind of just fell flat, whether that was the team, the pandemic, whatever. Dan, Dan were you feeling the same way going into last night? Did you um, get the, the jitters? I didn't get the – I got the jitters after Guzan got sent off, um, mm. but I didn't. I was just excited. I was just ready to get back into watching Atlanta United uh, games. Um, and I was, I was just hopeful of what was going to happen. You know, we've, we've had this whole um, atmosphere of optimism that's been going around this team through preseason games. And I'm like, what happens if this all just goes to shit? Um, but I feel like last night proved that there's a lot of reason for that optimism. So I was very excited. 
cautiously optimistic, I'll say. Yeah, I'm still I'm cautiously optimistic as far as the way this season may play out. I am very excited about it. Um, And I think that this team has the potential to score a lot of goals. But as somebody's already mentioned in in the trailer, there goes Brian. This team has the potential potential to give up a lot of goals, too. So uh, and we'll get into that, obviously, with specifics from last night's game. But um, going into the match, I think. I was more excited going into that match than I probably was any match last year, honestly. Like, aside from the season opener last year, um, there was just – and like Tim said, I don't know if it was the pandemic or the results or the turmoil or not going to games or what it was last year, but it just seems like – it seems like last year was just a blip and a blur and almost didn't even exist. So it was like last night was the first Atlanta United game – that felt like an Atlanta United game leading up to kickoff in almost two years, honestly. I'm throwing that caution to the wind. No no cautious optimism here, just optimism. (laughs) After watching last night, I don't think any team could go toe-to-toe with us in MLS. We got this. We We got at least the East wrapped up. Like All the other teams can go home. Philly's Philly's without Brennan Aronson now. Um yeah, I mean, Toronto's a shell of themselves. Yeah, we're going to win the East. Great. <laughs> we so probably should do we probably should do season predictions this episode now that we're getting yes, cuz we next cuz next weekend will be the start of the uh regular season. So, I'll uh Dan go ahead and finish your point. I'm going to get index cards. We'll do that later on in the show, but I'll have them ready. Okay, no, I thought that I was thinking about last year and how I felt going into Matawa and I remember I mean, I was fine going into Matago. We weren't that um, sure what was going to happen, but we were coming off the, uh, the MLS Cup win. And I was just really... Oh, no, Matago was before Herediano. But anyway, so I remember the Tonkwa game, and I was like, oh, this this could be pretty good. You know, we're, we're attacking, we're, we're doing um, some interesting stuff. But then, of course, the rest of the year followed on and it was just awful so i guess this i but because of all that bad stuff i was just so much more excited to see what heinz has been working on behind all these closed doors yeah it was good to see a glimpse of the tactics outside of like a bad camera angle during a scrimmage during like a practice match behind closed doors type of thing because I didn't really – I mean, it was great watching the guys get back to it playing against either – I mean, obviously, Birmingham was a front, like a true friendly, right? Or well, In some some ways. Like, it was still modified, right, in terms of the periods that they played and that sort of thing. But the, um, the Charleston Battery game didn't really give me much to go off of. But then watching last night, I mean, we're playing four at the back technically, but it seemed like for a lot of it, we were playing a very attacking three in the back with, with wing backs and Bello and, and um, Brooks Lennon. And I don't know. I, I got excited again. I was always a big fan of the three in the back. Even if, even if you come out looking like you're going to play four in the back, I was always a fan of three in the back with Tata. Like I felt like it gave us, even though he was kind of, his hand was kind of forced into that situation a lot of times and he didn't want to play it. It ended up, you know, benefiting us and playing a very, like we end up playing a very attractive, and very aggressive style. And I think it played into our hands last night because I don't know that that, that Alahuelense, is that right? Yeah. Uh, I, 
Yeah. I don't Apparently think Apparently you can just were... call him Alawala. Alawala. Okay. Alawala. I don't think that I don't think that they were probably expecting us to come as aggressive as we did as we did, especially ten or going down a man too. Yeah. Well, they certainly came out really aggressive. Alawalente came out pressing really early sure. on and, they, and they, had had, a, they had a close shot like oh yeah they, they definitely early. dominated possession that first five or ten minutes and then things started to taper off as atlanta started to maintain possession and i think at the point of the red card atlanta had something like 68 percent of possession at that point in time in the game um but yeah, they they definitely came in with some swagger. Alavolense did expecting to win and immediately backed off. And I definitely don't think they saw the the aggression coming out of a ten man front that they did going into the second half at all. Yeah, I thought that they would actually come out a lot more aggressive than they did. Um, I was kind of surprised that they would they would allow us a little bit of time in the center of the park. Um, which was surprising when uh, you look at all the heat maps showing that they just kind of much stayed in that center of the park and we still were able to get guys moving through there. Um, I think if I was a LFONSA fan, I'd be furious because I think they gave us far too much respect in the first half. I, I thought they were going to come out a lot more strongly. Like we've seen, I don't remember if you ever saw that game against Elfsborg. It was like a preseason game. There was like a few highlights, but I remember watching that game and they were, it was a preseason game, but the Swedish team were like just flying into guys and we were having to do an awful lot of effort just to pass out of the press. And I didn't see that coming from Alaphuense, which was, was kind of strange. So it's kind of like they, they gave up, on their, I mean, they kind of did like 90% of their core value, which was not enough. Um, and we were able to, to soak up that pressure. And this is all happening before the, before the red card. And then there was a lot of times where they were just relying on hoofing balls up front uh, and looking for a guy to run behind the defense, which they did, you know, with some moderate success, but they didn't actually get uh, an end product due to Gazan flirting with red cards on a few occasions before actually you know, one. It also it also didn't help that every time that they attempted to do something like that, they were consistently getting called offside. So I think that props to a back line that seems to be, you know, Bello, I'll call out as probably the weakest link last night, defensively speaking, and consistently was getting exposed, even though he was trying to track his man on that left side. I feel like he was, he was certainly the weakest on that back line, but Again, kudos to the back line for holding rather than giving in to, to that rushing forward from Alajuelense trying to crash the back line. You know, I think the biggest thing to your point, Dan, about the defense's ability to contain and, and maintain possession to, to play out of the back, I think that'll be the biggest difference in absence uh, now that FDB is gone. And I think that was one of the – if if there was a, a – a major benefit to his tutelage was that I felt like the back line and the possession under the defensive side of the ball seemed much more consistent and calm. And and you could kind of depend on that stability on the back line. 
last night, especially, it just seemed so rattled. Um, you know, several of the back passes, the one from Barco, I, I won't necessarily put, put on the defense, which led to the Guzan red card. But even prior to that, you know, the the drop pass and, and the player that slips in behind that forces Guzan to come out of the box the first time, you know, and make a one-on-one challenge where, that he narrowly uh, – pokes away so i think the defensive side of the possession is going to be really interesting to watch this season in particular Mm -hmm. i think it was a ton of two halves kevin with the defense uh i agree with you i think bellow just had those few moments where he would miss his man and they were able to get him behind him but um in the second half it's almost like because we had the red card and we were up a goal we were able to relax a lot more and it kind of played into our hands where we were able to really can, can uh, coalesce into a good defensive unit. Well, you had to, I mean, not, you didn't have to, but I think that the reason why is because your tactic changed and the back line wasn't getting exposed as much because you weren't having to rely on Sosa dropping back to cover because he was inherently back there because it was a more compressed backfield anyway, because you were a man down and you were up a goal at that point. So I think that that may be partly responsible for that consistency in the back line in the second half was just, there were more men back there to begin with, you know, the two breakaways that we had in the second half, there was nobody past midfield, you know, it, it ends up being Barco and Joseph from midfield line all the way up to the six yard box, basically, because there's no other midfielders there. So I think that probably helped a little bit with that defensive structure in the second half too. Tim, Tim, <laughs> I was just letting Care you to, guys go for it. Can I join us? I was just letting you guys. Oh, I can. Uh, I can. I can come in. Now. Oh, shut up! I can join. Mm. So well, time so. sipping tea. Yeah, Santiago <laughs> Sosa. That's it. That's 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 it. No, but for real. Like I know it's it's early. We're coming into this. And there are going to be kinks to work out. George Bellow, again, like uh, it, Brian, as Brian said, we're probably going to give up a lot of goals. And it has to do with the fact that we shift into a third or into a back three and let our wingbacks kind of fly up. Santiago Sosa is kind of that perfect guy that we've been missing, I feel like, for the past few years. I think he has a, a 10 years younger Carlos Carmona who's already more skilled than Carlos Carmona was. I think that he is... Uh, I to me he's the linchpin and it's it's hard to say this so early on but I feel like he might be the more like one of the more important players if not the most important player that we have outside of Joseph Martinez as far as as far as like a metronome for our season or uh, like a barometer for our season uh, I don't know if I'm using that term correctly but um, I think as he goes we'll go and same with same with Joseph obviously but um, I. Th- I, I I know it's hard to not overreact, but and I don't know if this is an overreaction, but and I think Elliot Beaven brought it up. He said beating a team that was on a winning streak can't believe it. I think it's a couple things like bigger than that too. Talking about a, season, uh, a team that's on top of their league, a team that hadn't lost since what November? Twenty five games. Twenty five games. It was some insane streak. And and take away that, right? Because that happens – like somebody has to break a team's win streak. That happens all the time. We did it to Monterey uh, a couple of years ago. We We just did it to them. But also, we're coming into this with like a five-week preseason in conditioning. No. And we're meeting a team who's flying high 
in the middle of their season at full fitness in their stadium. Granted, it's without fans, right? I don't think there are fans last night. It's always hard for me to tell. They just uh, had the crowd know, noise, yeah. Yeah, it's like the, the crowd doesn't um, – the crowd, you know, they never pan to the crowd anymore, so it's hard to tell. I mean, some some places do have – obviously, we're going to have fans in the stadium, but I don't, I, I don't think you can really overstate how impressive that was, for especially to go down a man in enemy territory – and and playing against a team that was really uh you know really at their at their highest point um it'll be interesting to see how they come out against us to Dan's point i mean i feel like they they probably should have run us a little more ragged but it seemed like it seemed like we were up to the task which is great this early on i think it bodes well going into the beginning of the season down in orlando um especially going having a season opener probably in really muggy humid hot orlando to start the season i think we're we're up to the task and yeah i mean that's 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 my main takeaway is i think santiago sosa is our signing of the season i know we had a lot of moves and it's really really early on but just how quickly uh he came in and was able to shift and play multiple roles i mean the when he got upfield he looked dangerous the diagonal ball that he played over to uh i think it was brooks lennon was you know, reminiscent of an LGP. Uh, and he had a few of those. Diagonal. He had another, he had another one that went over to Barco that Barco ends up dropping off to Mulraney, I think for one of those crosses that he put in, you know, I think your, your sentiments about the, the defense may rise and fall with Sosa's season is, is probably a, a correct one because we, what we were missing under Frank DeBoer was somebody defensively that would take the ball up past the back line. Like, yeah, we could possess it, on R18, but nobody was really moving it from R18 to midfield. And that's what Sosa really seemed to bring out last night was a lot of that movement from the 18 yard box up through that midfield line uh, to distribute up vertically. So, so you guys, do you guys care if I get into some of the reactions, some of the like one tweet reactions that we got on Twitter? I can get into it later. No, that sounds, that sounds good. Yeah. I mean, let's just all take a minute to, to, enjoy the fact that this is what this lineup looks like without pitting Martinez. You know, this is what. (laughs) Oh, that's weird. Ronald Pena just joined the stream. I don't know if I should let him in or not. I don't know if he should. So Richard Gordon, uh, he's saying for what it's worth, I feel better about this CCL match under Heinz than I did after the first one under FTB. I think that's fair. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anna Ball saying we're uh, we're winning the World Cup. I think that's correct. Um, Keith Filer had a couple notes. He said Rios Novo was uh, man of the match. Uh, we, we, we haven't even really talked about him yet. Um, Sosa would have been it if not for the 18-year-old emergency goalie. Said love the attacking up the middle. Excited they kept their plan of attack even after the red card. I think – What do you, I, Dan, what do you say about that, right? Because – a team could have, we could have easily just tucked tailed or tucked our tail and and kind of parked the bus, as it were, for the rest of the game, and kind of hoped for a draw and not to not to give up a, a you know a handful of goals. So I love the fact that we didn't park the bus, uh, like you're saying. Um, I thought I kind of looked into like some ten man tactics or like what you do when you get sent, like a guy sent off. And, like, the usual play is, like, you take off a striker, you become that more defensive turtle unit, um, and you just um, 
you try and weather the storm. But the thing is, then you get pinned back by the opposing fullbacks, and it's really difficult for you to break out on any sort of counterattack. But what Heinz did is he took off Mulraney and then still had a back four and played us all, uh, played the defensive line um, still pretty tight. So it ended up being a back five. And then he played um, the two holding midfielders. And then he had Barco and Joseph. So it was almost like a 5-3-1-1 or a, either a 4-3-1-1. Uh, so, so we still had some attacking threat there. Uh, but the thing is, they, Halo Wednesday just played into our hands. So we had an immense display from Sosa, Robinson, and Walks. Uh, they were just. Oh my God, that slide. Impregnable. The yeah. Robinson so, slide to save the game, basically, with uh, yeah. a man on goal inside the six was probably def- the defensive play of the match. I mean, give all all credit to Rocco. He had a great night, but defensive players, that slide from Miles Robinson inside the six was hands down the best defensive play of the night. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, they all played, they all stood on their heads. It was really, really incredible. But the thing is, Alaba Wednesday would send in crosses. They had. 31 we had 31 clearances and they had 17 shots so like seven goals seven uh off target and then they had three block shots and it was just they they would just cram guys into the middle and when you've got people as physical Mm. as walks now and and robinson and and sosa is like you you just made it a lot more easy for us so we would just jump right in the center jam these guys together uh, and there was no other uh, opposing player to like pick up loose balls that pop out or anything like that. And it was easy for Lennon and Bello to just clear those up. So they, yeah. it was a, I don't understand why they did that. They, if they just have had another guy, it was like, they just, again, they gave us too much respect. What you're going to do. But I thought it was a, a really good substitution from, from Heinz. So very uh, pleased to see that. Um, it It was, it was great stuff, but I, I was just glad we still had an attacking threat because even Barco, I mean, he was running like a man possessed. I mean, he, he really didn't was have the best game, but the the amount of effort that you put in was just it was fantastic yeah. to see. So and Kevin also, Esco- so, sorry, Kevin, no, you, you just just keep going. We'll wait. Too bad. All right, so Emerson Hyman got the captain's armband in the second half. Can you believe it? Uh, and he, if you look at the, I was around about the seventieth minute. He, he was fighting down in the trenches as well. He actually, um, he got he either got fouled or fell over in an area and was still trying to head the ball away right around the uh, feet of the attacking players. It, it was a heroic display from Emerson Hyman in, in that particular regard. Um, he kind of flies under the radar. I know a lot of the fan base don't like him, but um, I'm really interested to see what he brings for the rest of the season, especially if he's going to be some, in some sort of leadership role. Now you can go. Is he finished or is he done, Dan? Home before Dan. <laughs> uh, Kevin Escobar has a point. You guys also have to give it uh, have to give it to a bit of luck. They whiffed some on some goals. Robinson saved our ass. Uh, Rocco had two where he cleared it, and we were lucky it went straight to Robinson. You know, Rocco also had a couple that he just did not get his hands on for whatever reason and popped out. And that kind of brings up the next point, which. 
Tim, you mentioned Rocco coming in last night after the Guzan ejection. What were some of your thoughts on his performance last night and prospect of him, especially going into leg two against Ala Valencia? So he's 19, right? Or is he 18? He's 18. 18. Okay. That's what I thought. But he's got a mustache like a 36-year-old man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ibarra, Ibarra is the 19 year old, um, unflappable, unflappable, I think is the word that I would use for his performance last night. It was very, like, it was a very mature performance of an, of an 18 year old to come in under duress and in a way situation against, a, again, all the, whatever caveat, all the things I said about Aloense, um, and, and the, you know, how the cards were kind of stacked against him. And he was just, he was cool as cool as a cucumber last night. Like he came in, saved shots. A lot of them came straight to him. To your point, Kevin, he, he deflected a couple that he probably should have been able to handle a little better, but he also caught one or two that it felt like, you know, I I've seen Brad Guzan whiff. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, uh, all credit to the kid. I, I thought it was a, it was a professional performance. And I think that he really stood out last night. Um, and I think that, it was really accentuated by the circumstance that he was brought in under. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about this coming game in leg two when he's going to have to start as keeper and knowing the challenges that the defense faced in the first leg and some of the shortcomings out of some of the players, what do you expect to see differently? If anything, going into this second leg to try to cover him a little bit more and give him a little bit more confidence on that back line and, and safety from, from that defensive line. I think I thought he grew in confidence as the game wore on, like the more saves that he was able to make, um, I feel like his, his stature raised and like Tim was saying, he's got such a mature mind about him. Like he, he got a yellow card for time wasting because he knows what he's doing. Um, he knew exactly where his, his posts were. He could, he could he could tell where his goal was and, you know, would easily have the confidence that if there's a ball going out, he's he's not, like, panicking and trying to jump on the ball and accidentally give away a corner. I, I thought he, he had a ton of confidence. Um, I think because Guzan is going to be – Guzan will play against Orlando, I guess. But he'll be, yeah, but he, he'll be out for the second leg. So, the red. I mean – so it's it's got to be Rocco and Net because of um, camp yeah. coming off surgery, and uh, I think Lungard got injured. Um, so I think he's got to sign another four day con- emergency contract. Um, and I think Atlanta has to sign somebody to an emergency contract as well as a result of that, right? Because of the other two injuries we have. Exactly. Unless we're yeah. going to put Joseph in goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be interesting to. See, man, you can put Machop Joel in there. Machop <laughs> that's a good. That's a good He's point. He's pretty rangy. Yeah, um, big dude. I think in terms of just kind of protecting him a little more, I think we've we've got a formula with 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 Sosa dropping in the back uh, between Robinson and Walks. Maybe you keep those three together so they've got that continuous uh, chemistry going on. Um, other than that, you know, I don't. I don't see really there's, there's much else that Heinz is really going to do to to protect him. He's going to want to just go um, and get guys up there. Do you think there's any potential? I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought that Mulraney, 
though I was hesitant out of all of the positions in that starting lineup, seeing him over on that right side, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out. And then I was proven wrong in his ability to to get the ball, pull it back to his left and, and whip it a couple of really great crosses in. But knowing that Bello was sort of the weaker end of that back line is do either of you see a potential that Mulraney maybe switches with not switches with Bello, but maybe comes back to shore up that defensive line, knowing that you have Rocco back there, who isn't your starting keeper um, and make a, and make a, a different substitution in the midfield for Mulraney over on that right side. Are you talking about to happen in the next game or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you think the lineup stays the exact same going into leg two? It could say. I was really surprised to see Mulraney in over Dom. Um, I was really, but I was really impressed with Mulraney's performance. I think oh, yeah. he had the most. He had like twelve dribbles, and it was like eighty percent success rate on those dribbles, uh, which is more than the rest of the team. He. Yeah, and he was able to whip in across too. I was, I was really, but I did, I did kind of think, well, who are you going to take off when when Guzan does? And I, and I agreed with the Molini sub. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, I guess you keep unless he's just looking for rotation. I just don't understand why Dam didn't start. So maybe he's just wants to have it keep his wingers at some sort of freshness before uh, the weekend. Um, I feel like it's he could start down or could start more rainy. I don't know if there's any sort of formula that we've we've really seen that you would either choose one over the other um, as a um, as a as a decision that's obvious. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? Any any lineup changes? I mean, do you think Joseph starts? And like yeah, two? I do. I think I think another I think another week of. Uh, a week of time and fitness and and all that under his belt. I think you probably see him. Um, I didn't think Lopez looked very, or he didn't look bad last night. Uh, Not at all. Yeah. I thought he, some of his holdup play, some of his turns, that sort of thing. And he, you know, got on the end of that pass from, I think it was from Barco or it might've been from Bello um, and, and barely, uh, you know, barely misconnected on it. And um, I, I, I think we, I would like to see Jurgen Dam in, for Jake Mulraney, I too was surprised with Mulraney last night, but at the same time, I would not be surprised to see Jurgen Dam in there. I think, if especially if we're going to try and uh, score more goals, um, be more aggressive, especially you know having a full squad, obviously not being a man down. And um, yeah, I would look to see those two two changes happen. I think you see Jurgen Dam come in for for Mulraney, and I think maybe uh, Joseph coming in for Lopez. Yeah. Yeah, my I don't know I don't know what happened. I, I I agree. I think Dam should come in. Um, again, I'm just I'm really nervous about this back line right now and and what potentially happens going forward. And I think that especially playing the same opponent again, I think that Alahuense will come in prepared to really attack that left back position. And I think that because that was. A weakness in leg one i fully expect them to remedy that in leg two and if anything um i think that could be a weak spot and a potential to shore up with with some substitutions or some changes in the lineup accordingly so yeah so brian uh brian daniels brings up a point asking if if you guys did you guys think that walks was too timid last night no 
Uh, no. He got, not, especially when he got that yellow card. Yeah. I thought he was a beast. I thought yeah, he was I mean, very he... physical. He was going up for uh, all the headers. All the headers. Um, and he was going, guys. He was bodying guys around. I didn't think he was timid at all. I didn't either. And that's something was... I was missing, Brian. Yeah. Um, let me see. There was one other... Um... Oh, hold on, Tim. I think he's saying... Oh, never mind. I thought he was saying Walker's keeper, but never mind. He's not saying yeah. that at all. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Brian Daniels. Find, trying to find Coach Steve's comment about last night. He said, here it is. He said, I felt like we looked like a Pep, obviously talking about Pep Guardiola-inspired team last night. If we lost the ball, there was a three-second urgency to get it back and offensive movement possession was beautiful. That was one thing that I saw last night. I, we were digging out balls like I didn't see us do at all last year. Like we were guys were really like getting in front of their opposite, like just really fighting for balls. Yeah. I've got like a lot more last night than the entirety of, uh, of yeah. last season. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree to him. Cause also, I mean, again, Robertson and so said they were doing a lot of bodying guys off the ball, just shielding the ball and Barra too. So I, and I hadn't, seen a lot of that last season either there was just so much more fight in this team than yeah. we've seen in the past and i think that's how you get back some of that exciting soccer that people have been missing right like you have players that look like they're actually making challenges and making plays on balls to try to not only maintain possession but to actually drive down to the other end and and score you know it's not just maintaining the possession to maintain for the sake of maintaining possession right like it's with some sort of intent and purpose uh in the build up of play so yeah um want to go through a couple more of these uh, reactions that we got on twitter um marshall voigt saying it's so it's probably safe to assume that gabby uh Gabby's go-to training session includes the first team playing multiple men down against the reserves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. I don't know if that's a regular thing. Uh, our, a name that I have not seen in a really long time, and he changes account names. I don't know if he keeps getting banned. Oh, you're whatever. talking about LaFleur? Our boy yeah. LaFleur? I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. LaFleur said, hey, Tim and Kevin, I say small goals first, get past the second round CCL, and then clinch an open cup spot. Um, Brian Olivas saying build a Rocco statue. All right, Pfizer boy, <laughs> aka Pfizer boy, aka um, Mike German saying my main takeaway is that Heinemann is gonna get the blame for every errant pass Ibarra makes because they look the same from <laughs> far away. That was one comment Angie said last night. She's like, with this camera angle, I don't know who's who anymore. Like, I can't yeah. tell who's who's who. Yeah. Um. Haletto, Giletto, Joey saying uh, Rocco's Rio Novo is the greatest goalkeeper ever. Has never given up a goal for a, for a first team. All right. Uh, Rocco Rios Novo Stan account. Who is this? BC Bryson saying Rocco Rios Novo is the second coming of Laviashin. That's a reference that goes, I Googled it. An old, old Russian keeper, Soviet keeper. Um, Keaton Thomas. I liked how we moved up the field a lot more uh, while in possession rather than keeping the ball the entire time and passing it back and forth and not making a lot of forward progression. Uh, we have players. I want to get back to this. Uh, we have players who can get up the field and create chances. Uh, let them do it. And then the last one from uh, Julian saying playing dangerously from the first minute, but I like Julian Gressel. Yeah. Julian exactly. Gressel. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I would I would much rather watch games where both teams score loads than a signature DeBoer one nil victory. Uh, should be exciting and give me multiple heart attacks this season. Um, Wait, I thought we had a one nil victory. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Did you do we not watch the same game? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, so Keaton Thomas's, uh, which you guys were kind of touching on, um, we have. He's essentially saying we now don't have pointless possession anymore. We're back to having a mindset that we have a goal to accomplish while we're while we're passing and we're we're pushing up the field. We're creating chances. We're trying to get in in with runs. What? Oh no! Time I'm out? in the timeout corner. Yeah, I'm oh. in the timeout <laughs> corner. Apparently, I've been Why? told. I don't know. Talk to Co- Chiefs coach oh. Steve. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's, it does feel good. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think there's something to be said about dominating a game through possession, even though you're winning, even if you do win a boring one nil victory with no, you know, a la Spain, the Tika Taka 2000, whatever the stretch was that they went through and uh, through was it, whatever it was, 2008 to 2016, um, where they sometimes pass themselves out of games. Um, but we don't, I'm not really seeing that. I don't. I don't expect that at all this season. Do you, Kevin? No, 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 I don't. No, Dan. Dan, any more um, thoughts, Dan? Run. The man, the man that's never at a loss for words when recording. All of a sudden, <laughs> so I, I, what crickets. We about, I was looking at all the, of a sudden. Uh, cr- he's too busy over there doing sign language to everybody else in his house. Like. Are you being held hostage? Do you need help? Are you okay? <laughs> Are you trying to tell us something? As long as they feed me tequila, I'm fine being held hostage. Um, <laughs> so what was your question, Tim? Oh, of course. He's not even paying attention right now. You know, he only listens to himself, Tim. He's only listening to himself. Should we expect last night's performance to be kind of indicative of how we move forward where there's not really possession for possession's sake anymore, but there's a lot of possession with kind of the drive to move forward? God, I hope so. Um, I mean, it's coming out. We're we're down a man right before halftime, and then we come out second half, and we run at them harder than we did the first half, right off the bat. I loved it. I want that ferocity. I want Wiss to go and punch him in the mouth first thing, regardless of who we're playing. This, I feel like, here's a hot take for you. I feel like this is the season where we finally beat the Red Bulls in a regular season game. I don't know about all that. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> Dan, say meat mountain if you're being held against your will. <laughs> I mean, sometimes uh, I say me, man, and a whole bunch. Pimento <laughs> <laughs> cheese. <laughs> Something about pimento cheese. What did he say? Dan said pimento cheese is simple to strike team. I re- One of my first memories of Dan was whenever he said that he doesn't like Hershey's chocolate because it tastes like cheddar cheese to him. Tastes like cheese, yeah. <laughs> now, every time I eat a Hershey's like milk chocolate, Tastes all like- I can be like, this tastes like cheese. Because it tastes like cheese. <laughs> You've completely ruined it. You've completely ruined Hershey's chocolate. It's a, that's hey. a, very, it's a very British sentiment. That was one of the first <laughs> conversations I had whenever I was in England. The guy was like, you're either a, you're either a Galaxy guy or you're – what's the other one? It's Galaxy Cadbury's. or uh, Cadbury. Cadbury. Yeah. 
and Galaxy is just Dove. But we we add um, preservatives. We have to add preservatives to our chocolate, whereas you guys don't over in the UK, right? And it and it adds a weird taste to it. For so also American chocolate has a much more sugar in it, and British chocolate has more fat in it, and fat is better than sugar. True, checks out. Um, it absolutely yeah. checks out. Hershey's tastes like cheese. Wake up, sheeple. What about, <laughs> what about symphony bars? Are you a fan of symphony bars with the, the toffee in them? Um, so I like those because after you eat them, you can still taste them for six hours because the toffee's yeah, in your, in your teeth. teeth. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. You just get, just get that little hint of toffee throughout the day. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys do? What do you, Michelle saying American chocolate is gross and she's a Cadbury's. Are you a Galaxy guy or a Cadbury's guy, Dan? Cadbury's guy, man. So Cadbury's is made in Bourneville, or the, uh, it still is, which is like two minutes from where I grew up. I'm a Milka guy. Cadbury's man. I'm a Milka oh, man. Milka okay. Magnesia guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good. it's good for you. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you do for American? What do you do in, uh, for chocolate in America, Dan? Do you just not eat chocolate here? I just, I mean, my kids get so much candy. I just eat a little bit of that. Um, well, this time of year, mini eggs are out. So I like mini eggs or the Cadbury's um, caramel eggs. I'm a caramel oh my man God. than a cream egg man. You talk about mini eggs. So Robin eggs. Yes, absolutely. Especially with it being Easter time. All t- that and and the trolley sour, the trolley sour gummy bunnies. I've just eaten my weight in that over the past couple of days. So that brings me to my next point, which is we just had Easter Sunday this past week. So we do it every holiday. Favorite Easter candy? Go. Oh, Reese's bunnies or eggs? Sorry, in, eggs, in the bunnies. Yeah, yeah. They, they have the big those giant too, ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stacy got me one. <laughs> I'm waiting for that thing. I'm just yeah, waiting for one one bad day to have an excuse to come home and tear through that thing. Actually, I, I might take that back. I might say um, crunch the eggs, star- the mini the mini crunch eggs. Dude, Starburst. Bill Holcomb coming with the jelly beans, the variety of jelly beans these days, the Starburst jelly beans. Oh, my God. So good. So good. Yeah, that's great. Um but it's it's the uh, Cadbury's caramel eggs for me. I can't do a whole one of those. I feel nauseous eating a whole Cadbury caramel egg. <laughs> no, you got to do it like a like a Mountain Dew commercial. You break the top and then you like like pour no. out, like try and I do just, the caramel pour. No, 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 I use it as a substitute for soft boiled eggs and ramen, and just. The trick, the key thing for the caramel eggs. I actually eat it like a hard boiled egg. Like I peel the chocolate off of it just to get to come on the inside. Get like a little egg holder and just. (laughs) (laughs) Dip my my toast in the caramel. All right, all right, all right. What's all right, everybody? Back, oh, back on okay, track. okay. Whoever says Peeps is a terrible human being, why that is a candy that anyone would buy or eat is beyond me. They're just packing peanuts. You're I disagree. Packing peanuts. I disagree. 
I think peeps are a fantastic treat, especially oh. the chocolate-covered peeps. Oh, okay. Now, chocolate-covered peeps, I can maybe get behind. Can we all just disavow think- the hollow chocolate bunny, though? Oh, yeah. That's awful. That's such a okay. waste. Such a waste. The weird thing about America and Easter is in the UK, everybody gets a hollow chocolate egg and they're everywhere. Every brand has their own chocolate hollow eggs. And they're like, as you know, they're as big as your hand. And they're not over here. It's so weird. And then the chocolate egg has like, you know, whatever candy. So if it, let's say it was a milk dud Easter egg. So you'd have a big fat, hollow chocolate milk dirt egg with milk duds inside it. Peeps cinnamon flavor? What are you just eating big red marshmallows? That sounds <laughs> disgusting, dude. That's so gross. That's so gross. The only thing peeps are good for is putting in a microwave and watching them expand. Oh, is that what they do? You've yeah, never it's like microwaving it? soap. What? Microwave right. soap? Soap will soap will expand in the microwave. So will uh, metal forks. I've heard. Yes. For those of you that haven't Checks tried out. it, you should definitely they just get Checks bigger. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, we definitely got fortunate with the penalty because it came off the guy's face rather than his arm, but that's okay. So. I don't know. Not- the frame the frame skips. The ball is in one place as it's going towards him, and then the next frame, it's over here. So I don't know. I can't say for certain it hit his face or not. I, I mean, I thought it hit his face, but it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm happy with the penalty. It was hard. Like, it was hard for me to tell. Like, they, they only showed the replay a couple times, and it was very, like, granular footage. Somebody did bring up the point that, like, his arm doesn't move at all as if it was getting hit uh, by that cross, which would indicate that it did hit him in the face. <laughs> you know, I saw him, like, it was just so funny to me because I thought that it was a handball, and I'm sitting there watching him just, like, rub his face and just, like, really playing into it. But I don't know. Maybe he <laughs> did get hit in the face. You know yeah. what would solve this problem? VAR. <laughs> yeah. Would it, though? I don't know why. Why don't they have it again? What was the because, reason? Because because if the TV, like if if, if FS1 and 2 to NA didn't have the angles to show it properly, then would VAR have the, like, would the referees have the angles to show it? Like, to even see it properly? I don't know. I feel like that the, it's also yeah. weird that the frame rate on the cameras that they were using, like the ball jogs for three feet from one one frame to the next frame. Like they're using studio cameras from 1998 or something like yeah. that. So, Tim, I think part of the, the bar reason is because there's a lot of infrastructure that goes in for, you know, all the other camera angles and things. And um, I guess not all um, stadiums are able to afford that. So uh, I think in... Um, so it's not even soccer specific is what you're telling me? That's not even soccer specific. <laughs> I mean, it in? all comes down to money eventually, right? I mean, uh, I guess, you know, MLS wants parity with teams, so um, CONCACAF wants parity in terms of facilities. But um, but it, it's just because the, the le- less economically successful countries, I guess... Did you just have to feed your Tamagotchi? What was that? That's my insulin pump. Oh, got it. Nailed it. 
Keep that yeah, thing. It's fat, my Tamagotchi. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Pikachu, some more. <laughs> Drink up, little one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Pikachu needs so, his nom noms. I, I mean, I hate the bars. I mean, Bar could have overruled the Guzan red card potentially. Because yeah. it seems Do like the so? Al- Alejandro guys overruled the referee and convinced him to change the other red. I don't know. Do you think it was that or his AR? Like, do you think it was the assistant referee in his ear? It could have been the AR. I I thought it was a red card. I mean, it was it was a dog. So he, well, I mean, there was there were people saying that the ball was so far away that he wouldn't have been able to keep to catch up to the ball. Um, But I feel like we've we've seen that before, and people get sent off. But um, (laughs) now, if we lost. I would be trying to split hairs, but I feel like there's not enough. There's probably not enough evidence to have overturned it anyway. But what's crazy to me is what game was it last year where the keeper came out to midfield and took out Joe Willis. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just a yellow and was it considered Doxo? And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a very similar thing, you know, like, I don't – and VAR is what kept him from getting a red card, I feel like, because they reviewed that several times yeah. and ended up landing on a yellow. So to your point, Dan, it very well could have maintained that as just a yellow. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but long story short is that was a terrible drop pass by Barco and never should have happened in the first place. I mean, Guzan yeah. should have been put in that position one time, much less multiple times, you know, for him to consistently have to cover ground and come outside the box just to play defender as well as goalkeeper is inexcusable, you know, at that, at that level of competition. So, yeah, I didn't want to, I mean, not to overshadow the the game last night talking about that red card, because what sucks is I, I personally do think it was a red. I was expecting to see red immediately because that's yeah, me too. pretty standard. Like Joe, the Joe Willis thing is obviously the should be the outlier and the the exception and not the rule because it's literally not the rule. Where whereas what happened last night, it should have been a red from the beginning. And what made it kind of I don't know, laughable was the fact that the referee, I don't think he got bullied into it. And I don't think that he was dumb enough to not know which which pocket his red card was in or no, which I think his, his AR. I think his AR. Right. Red, I, I think red, that's yeah. gotta be the the one uh, that's gotta be the the reason. There's a, there had to be an AR chirping in his ear, which is interesting to me because he I, I would assume with it being straight up the gut that it would have been a better angle for him to see than his AR at that point. Right. Because he's like looking directly at what's going on. Yeah. But his vision could have been blocked based on the tackle angle that Guzan took because the player would have potentially been obstructing his view on whether or not he got ball or player and all that. You know what I mean? Like if you're looking straight down and the defenders blocking your line of sight with Guzan coming out towards him, it could have easily been something where he just didn't have a good visual. on it. No. Yeah. And again, yeah. like it's it's a it's a red card to me all day long. But the problem, again, with these referees is that that probably should have been you know read from his pocket immediately and not waving around a yellow only to put it back in your pocket and yeah. and take your red out. Um, so we talked. 
so we've talked a, a pretty good bit about midfield. We've talked about defense. We've talked about odds and ends players, but we haven't really talked about the offense last night. What were some of your thoughts on that? You know, we talked about Barco a little bit um, in passing, but offensively speaking, I know we talked about Lopez a little bit as well, but offensively speaking, you know, I think Barco was really our standout on that side of the ball. You know, he has a free kick that's on frame that the keeper has to stretch out to save. He has another volley that's just inches away from going in that b- bottom right-hand side of goal. Mm-hmm. He was a workhorse all night, whether it was distributing the ball or taking shots. He has a link-up play with Martinez near the end of the game that ends up um, – Joseph is just barely offsides that could have been a walk-in goal. You know, He has the PK goal that ends up being the 1-0. Um, again, I, I thought Barco, aside from that, that really, really terrible pass and a couple other uh, just – hold up plays where he held on the ball a little too long, got himself into some trouble in the midfield. Offensively speaking, I felt like Barco had a hell of a game last night. Yeah, he had a great game. I was, I was so glad to see it um, just in terms of, and I always remember your point probably like a year or more than that ago, Kevin, is if Barco can really shoulder that leadership burden, uh, like there were moments where he was kind of directing guys and, uh, yeah. to make sure guys are in position. If he can really shoulder that, I mean, that's just going to increase his value to, you know, 40, 50 million. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he looked a 30 million player last night, Dan. Every bit of it last night. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. That pass alone takes him down to 29, so I'm right. <laughs> yeah. um, I was really happy with our offense. I thought Brooks Lennon, man, he was fantastic. I am getting a real soft spot for him um, just because I thought it was a no brainer that he would start because he, based on the body of work that he put in last year, I mean, he was the one guy who was fighting the whole time he was on the field. Um, and the way that he year, just and then again, he, went on a profanity laced tirade against the referee that you could hear. It was fantastic. Whenever Rios Novo got uh, kicked in the head. Got, yeah, kicked in the head last night, and Alexi Lawless called it almost called it almost the ultimate sacrifice, which was. Yeah. <laughs> Did you treat that out like I'm glad yeah, he's not yeah. dead? Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah I was like, like the ultimate like, sacrifice. Like, what? <laughs> like what a died. terrible way to phrase that. I think right. he went down. I think he went down a path, and then he's like, "Oh, I can't." I'm committed I'm, to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't pay the ultimate price, is what he said. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it does. That doesn't happen. Wait, what? Soccer. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Dan. No, 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 that's fine. Man. Well, I mean, to be fair, if, if my keepers don't literally risk their lives for head injuries, I mean, what are they doing on the field? Right. I like I like my keepers to be the ones causing head injuries like Guzan did recently, <laughs> yeah. a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. a, so uh, an interesting point. Angie pointed this out last night and I, I couldn't stop focusing on it after Guzan got sent off. Have you guys noticed how much weight he seemingly lost? No. Like he looks he looked really thin on camera last night. And maybe it was those 1980s cameras, but he he looked like maybe I don't know if he's in super good shape, but he just looked a lot thinner. Maybe 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 it's our TV. I don't know. We I don't know. We made a point looking at it like it was it was very no, strange to see. That. He looked he looked pretty thin, but I maybe that's, the, that's good um, for our defense that he's not going to be in there concussing anybody. Yeah, 
I think the new kits have a wider black stripe down the side, so maybe that's what was destroying huh. your vision, Tim, maybe. But he's they were in the away kits last night. No, no, on the goalkeeper kit. Oh, I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, uh, Brian, da- Brian Daniels says he was gaunt last night. I, yeah, I thought so too. Like, he looked very, he looked very... Uh, Great, now we're talking in binary code. Chiefs coach, see, I gotta look this up. What the hell are you doing, man? Oh, cool, yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah, I can't even copy and paste that. So, anyway. Um, what do you guys think? Lineup changes we already talked about. You, do you guys see Marcelino Moreno, who's coming off of suspension, getting into the squad next week? I mean, I think in terms, yeah, I, I could I could see him coming in now. Where he comes in and how we shift the formation around um, to fill him. I mean, do you see Heinemann, put Barker in the middle, put Moreno out on the left that we have seen and heard from Heinemann just in the preseason? Um, but they're always going to, I guess they're going to have a more of a, a free-roaming role anyway. So I would imagine so. I feel like he's going to want to rotate. Um but the and the biggest plus that this shows me, especially from last night, we had one, two, three, four depth guys. Three of those started the game. So I feel like our depth is a lot healthier than it has been in the past. So those depth players being um, Leacher, Mulray, Walks, I'm counting Walks, the depth piece, and then um, Rios Nova at the end. So... We've got some fantastic depth there. Um, but yeah, I think we put Moreno in. Not sure how we do it yet, but what do you think, Kev? I was you distracted talk, by Kev. the binary code. The binary code, yeah. I I could see him coming in for, like, if we bring in Dam from Mulraney. It's interesting you say that Walks is a, a depth piece. Are you thinking that just because of whenever Hernandez gets, or not Hernandez, I guess, uh, Alan Franco gets um, yeah. gets healthy and into the integrated into the lineup? Um, well, that's the thing, though. I mean, Walks can play all along the back line, and he can potentially play CDM in a pitch. So, I, I mean, I thought Walks, I'd be happy to go into MLS season with Walks as a starter right now based on what I saw in the, this one game. But um, I'm assuming Franco is going to be ultimately that starter next to Miles. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I guess time will tell, right? I mean, it also depends on how much he endears himself to Heinze and what he's wanting to do with that back line. So, We'll see. I mean, you would expect with it being a marquee signing like that that he would be the the starting player back there, but we'll see. So we're right at the hour mark. Um, let's do some predictions for the season. If you guys have anything that you want to chime in in the trap for uh, for predictions this season, and then also feel free to uh, play along with us here. I wrote down a couple uh, at the start of the show. I don't remember all of them, but if, if we, I've got five here to start with, and then I'd like to get about 10 uh, put together for the season. So, Joseph Martinez goals total predictions. Am I going first? I'll say uh, 19. If we're just talking regular season in MLS, regular, regular, yeah. regular season goals. I'd say 19. It's a rebound year for him. All right, Dan. I have so I'm gonna go seventeen. 
I'll split the middle and say 18. But I think it's right around that number. Uh, total team points for regular season. Uh, me again, 69. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, oh, that's oh, that's what Chiefs coach Steve was doing. He was predicting Joseph Martinez goals. Zero one 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 zero 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 one one. All right, Dan. How many uh, team points this season? Um, I'm gonna go sixty-five. I'm gonna go sixty-three. Regular season position at the like close of the se- at the close of the regular season what, what east what, what yeah what rank in the east in the east yeah. first uh all right i'll go first um i'm going to say second i'm going to say third uh most assists what, what about tim did tim answer yeah he said first i said, I said first oh, yeah first in the east sorry okay yeah yeah what was it? Most assists? Uh, yeah, who, who's going to get most assists this season? Moreno. Dan? Mm. I'm going to say... Barco. I'm, I'm saying Barco as well. Um, so that same point, Barco goals this season. Eight. Nine. I'm going to say 11. I'm going to say 10. I think this is Barco's year, man. I really do. Me too, man. I I think he's got to get that 30 million somehow. Uh, Total goals conceded in regular season this year. What was last year? No cheating. No cheating. Oh, okay. What cheating by looking into the future? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No cheating. No cheating. You can't learn from the past. How many games do we play in a season? 30... 34, right? 34. 34. 34. Yeah, yeah, 34. Is that the same for this season? Okay. I'd say 55 goals we give up this year. Dan? I'm going to say. 37. Oh, you're sneaky. Uh, I'm going to say 42. Okay. I hope you guys, I hope you guys are right. <laughs> no, I think, you, I think you're going to be closer to being right, Tim. All right. Uh, anybody else have any suggestions, or do you guys have any more that you want to uh, add to the list here? Yellow cards. No. Now that LG, LGP and Franco Escobar are, have, have left the team, Obviously, LGP longer ago, but we need a new yellow card king. Who's who will get the most yellow cards this season? Oh, Ibarra. Hmm. Um. Huh. I know I asked the question, but uh, I'd say Barco. I'm gonna say. Sosa. All right. What other ones you got, Tim? 
Um, are we just doing like stat stuff or are we doing like most improved? How do you measure that though? Yeah, we need to have something Subjective, that's... We gotta have, no, no, no. We need to have a metric. No, Dan, we're not doing most improved. Okay, no. no, this isn't high Dan. school soccer. We're not, everybody doesn't get a trophy. <laughs> uh, second highest scorer on the team. Oh my God. <laughs> what about what? the third most tackles on the team? How about that one? No, I mean, it's, 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 tackles. Come on. Second most goals, I feel like, is a legitimate prediction because we know or we would expect Joseph to be scoring the most goals. And he's Would you not assume it'd be Barco? Is that not a given that it'd be Barco? I don't know. That's the question. Are we all going to say the same? I'm going to say Barco. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. I think everybody would assume that to be the case. It needs to be Barco. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It should be Barco. It's going to be Miles Robinson. No, not after that (laughs) header last night. That was... Uh, I feel like he's had a bunch of opportunities and he hasn't converted, but that's okay. Take some time. Okay. Uh, oh, I've got a good one. I got a good one. I got a good one. Um, hold on. I'm writing it down. Okay. What about six, the most assist G? I hate you so much. All right. Winner in the West. LAFC. Let's say Portland. If we're talking about talking about playoffs, or are we talking about highest points? Playoffs. Highest points at, you say highest <laughs> highest points. Highest points at the end of regular season. Who okay, wins? LA, who wins? Who wins the West going into playoffs? LAFC. Then. Oh, you're gonna say LAFC? Okay. Yeah. And and Dan, who are you saying? LAFC. I'm going to say oh. I'm going to say Galaxy. The lag? Uh all right. MLS champ that isn't <laughs> that is not Atlanta United. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I think I think hold on Kevin. Uh Chief Coach Steve's got a really good one. Number of completed passes leading to a left-footed goal. I think that. Dude, is, I hate you so much. I hate you so much. I started writing I that shit down. I started writing it down. But this is what's going to separate us from the other podcasts because we're basically all the same anyway. <laughs> all right, uh, MLS champ. That is not Atlanta United. Portland. Then there isn't one. Who's it going to be, Dan? Charizard. Come on, man. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Seattle. I'll say Red Bulls. Fuck you, Kevin. I don't know. Sorry, bud. At least you don't right, feel better. That- Want, why would I say I want to try to win this thing? I'm not just making shit up. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We need one more. One more. Um, uh, like- US, 
U.S. Open Cup winner. That's not Atlanta United. <laughs> Columbus Crew. I don't even know. Yeah. I, what I about um, in the 15th game of the season, oh. who is more likely to get to 15 interceptions? I hate you so much. I hate you so much, man. How many women did Deshaun Watson get massaged by? <laughs> like legitimate massages. Legitimate massages? No, probably zero. <laughs> zero. It's probably you're taking, zero. That... You're taking the prices right. On that. that dude's a fucking creep. He needs to be in jail. <laughs> That dude is a big time creep. Needs to be behind bars or not playing football. Yeah, Yeah. it is not a good look. Not a good look. One or two, maybe, maybe in a character assassination attempt because of what they were saying, but no. Did you say one or 22? Good God, man. Like, what is wrong with What the fuck (laughs) is wrong with that guy? Oh, boy. boy. Lock his ass up. All right, him and, him and Roethlisberger, put him, put put him away. All right, I guess that's all we got then, as far as predictions. Since Dan didn't want to play my fun game. Oh, I've got a good one. Oh, I've got a good one. I got a good one. Number number of regular attendance Atlanta United games this season. Like regular attendance home games. Is an like no. No, 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 no. Like, no, like no social distancing. They're just going to do like stadium back to normal. Everybody can go and have fun. What's the num- the the game that that happens? No, how many? How many? How many games do you think Atlanta United will have with regular attendance this season? Oh, gotcha. We get what seventeen uh, home games, right? I would say thirteen. Thirteen home games. Okay. At full attendance. All right. Dan? Bra- Braves are already open 100%, right? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. They weren't They weren't on opening day. I don't know if they no. are now. Dan, what I'm do you gonna think? I'm going to go with 10. I'm going to go with 9. All right. That gives us 10. That gives us 10 questions. I'm putting them in the vault. I won last time, so I got to maintain my crown. All right. Anything else, boys? It's been fun. I'm glad we had a game to talk about. This was great. Uh, lineup prediction for Orlando? Predict Dude, why are we doing that two weeks away? Why are we doing that two weeks away? We're going to record before that game, Dan. Why are we doing that? Oh, we might have an injury by then. What are you doing? Who's our first? Get our first. Who's our first game against? What I mean is, we have a. Don't we have the second? When's the second leg of uh, Alo Holente? Is it not next week? Yeah, it is. It is next. Yeah, week. yeah. So we're going to record next week after that game. Dates all totally messed up. Great. Anyway, we have two games next week. You just get cockacast. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently, some shit went down in the Philly and Saprisa game at the end that I need to watch. But my headphones will switch over to my phone. 
Um, I don't know if I can broadcast it. No, I don't yeah. think we can. Oh, that's a shame. They lost in those beautiful kits. They didn't lose. Did they not? No, they won one nothing. Oh, sorry. I thought it. Oh my gosh! I just need to log off. I, yeah. I can't even read numbers. Yeah, it's the metric system. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. However you did, whether it was on the trap in the trap on iTunes, uh, whatever podcatcher you use or listen to, however you found us, be sure to like and subscribe, rate, comment, or review to hear it read aloud on the show. You can follow us all on Twitter individually. Tim, where can they find you at? Oh, not on Twitter, but on nope. Instagram, they can nope. find you. Yeah, at Tim Herb. You can find me at the architect. That's at the underscore ARC number one T E C T. Dan, what about you? You can find me at DNJMS. Or if you're really feeling keen, you can find me on the Peloton app at To the Power of Dan. Gross. Find us collectively at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. Uh, love the hell out of each and every one of you. Thank you so much for showing up this week, last week, and every week in between. Uh, we'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Let's keep on blocking those visas.